0: I want to preach a message today called You Hold the Keys. You hold the keys. Um, I've gone to get in the car before and uh, pulled on the handle and asked this question Where are the keys? The response to me was I thought you had the keys. I don't have the keys. You have the keys. We're in your car. You drove. Where's the keys? I think keys are in the car. We get back home, come up to the front door. Front door's locked. Where's the keys? I thought you had the keys. No, you have the keys. I don't have the keys. Where's the keys? I think they're inside. That's okay. I'll get the hide key. No, it's inside too. Why is the hide a key inside? I had to use it the last time I left the keys inside. <laughs> come on. You, as a follower of Jesus... You hold the keys in this message and series um, that we decided to run through before Easter that would lead us into this celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We wanted to make sure that the church understood what God has revealed and is continuing to reveal. Here's what you need to know if you're taking notes today, and here's what you need to know even if you're not taking notes. Number one, You have an open invitation. Okay, you you have an open invitation. I I remember um, Megan and I disagreed on which child was being born at the time. And so uh, we had a couple of minutes of intense fellowship. Uh, also known as arguing, um, where we just, you know, just disagreed on which child it was. But anyways, I concede, I'm probably right, but I'll concede, and <laughs> she married me on purpose. Like, she knew I was like this when she said yes, okay, y'all, it's okay. Um so one of our children was being born, and, and there was a bunch of people there. It was back when, like, everybody could come into the room. And, like, I didn't even want to be in the room, but there I was. I was in the room, right? And I was like, moral support. Like, you can do it. Oh, my Lord, Jesus, you can do it. It's okay. I'm going to sit down, but you got this. Come on. Uh, <laughs> and so I almost told you another story, but squirrel back in. Um, <laughs> One of our children was being born and and, and one of Megan's friends and one of our best friends was there with with one of her children, like they were there. And I'm like, I'm looking around and like, man, there's a whole lot of estrogen in this room. I'm like the only dude in here, like even around. And so I call my friend, uh, I mean, he's supposed to be my friend. I'm like, hey, where are you? Like, your wife, your child are here, and I won't throw him under the bus, but your wife, your child are like, why are you not here? My friend says, oh, I didn't get invited. I'm having a baby. I got to get Well, she's having a baby. I got <laughs> I got to give you a person. No, you're invited. Like the invitation is open, right? You you just got to take advantage of the invitation. I need you to get up here, man. I'm I'm in this alone right now. Come help me. Come be here, right? The invitation. You don't have to be asked. It's it's already been made. Come on, I came to tell and remind the church and maybe even people that should be a part of the church. And I'm talking about followers of Jesus. I'm not talking about becoming a member of New Hope. I'm talking about becoming a member of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ wrote your invitation in the blood of the Lamb. The Father penned it with his own hand. And you take the blood and you confess the name and open the invitation that he has given to you. Matthew 11, I read this one. Verse twenty-five, Jesus says, "Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever." You ever been around somebody who thinks they're wise and clever? Then they talk, and you <laughs> better to be thought wise, right? The Psalm, Proverbs Solomon says, I believe. Those who think themselves wise and clever, they don't see the things, Those the, the things of God are hidden from them, but, but they are revealed to the childlike. They're revealed to the childlike. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, reading from the New Living Translation, the Bible says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. All right, so Jesus is surrounded by like a whole bunch of people, okay? And they're probably all the way around him. They didn't like sit in rows and just, you know, quietly, They're all standing around. There's people everywhere. And Jesus, as an illustrated sermon to the disciples and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the centurion soldiers, I mean, there's all kinds of people there, right? And Jesus, as an illustrated sermon, essentially says, okay, done with (laughs) y'all. Had enough. Let the little children come to me. And then he says, no, 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 don't stop them. You, in other words, get out of the way. <laughs> I don't know how you read your Bible. I'm just Maybe I'm wrong here, but just seeing this from my perspective. Do not stop the children. In other words, there's nothing that has to happen in order for the children to come to Jesus. There's no, there's no stipulation. They don't have to be covered in oil, water, baptized, prayed for, nothing. Jesus said, let the little children, you get out of the way, let the children come to me. Okay, And so they, then they come, they're like, us, like I can go. And then all the kids, you know, like they run to the front of the church like we used to do when we, had, when we had room, you know, and we kept the kids in here for worship. And then we were like, okay, let's have a kid's lesson. All the kids come to the front. And they're like, yeah, and they all come to the front, right? And then Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. He's not talking to the children. He's using the children as an illustration to those who consider themselves to be wise and clever. You remember the posture for God to reveal what he wants to reveal? The posture is not this. It's not gloating and self glory. It's not, it's none of that. Some of y'all are like, what was that kind of? He didn't do it right, but I think he was trying to. It's, it's, not, it's not braggadocious or boastful. It's not arrogant and proud. Come on, it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like this. And by the way, it doesn't look like this. I don't know. I can Google it, though. Post-17 scripture. Everybody's a Facebook theologian all of a sudden. No, no, no. The posture doesn't look like any of that. The posture looks like open hands and bended knee. The posture to hear from heaven has always been prayer. If Jesus needed to get away from the crowd and spend time with his daddy, then how much more important is it for me and for you to get along with God? First John chapter four, John wrote, he said, the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. In the very next verse, I alluded to this, but I just wanted you to see it. I'm reading from the English Standard Version in this text because I like the way that the English translates the words right here. Whoever confesses, I wanted that word specifically, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. Remember, that's that's the only thing Simon Peter did right. He confessed. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him. God abides in her. And he or she in God. So, verse 16. So we have come to know. And in other words, like it's a process sometimes. Well, I just don't know how to love God. You got to come to know how to love God. It might not happen overnight. Okay, Jesus is not your fast food, your relationship with God. It's not a have it your way kind of a deal. Come on, somebody. God's a crock pot, not a microwave. Come on, help me. I'm trying to put it in your lingo. I don't, <laughs> some of y'all are like, what is a crock pot? God's your black pot, not your microwave. There, helping the Cajuns. You have come to know, you have come to know and to wonder aimlessly and hope like heaven. No, come on, church, followers of Jesus, you have come to know and to believe. What is that? To put your faith in. I'm trying to get everybody here. Like, I, I, I so badly want everybody to catch this. It's, it's that every time you confess that Jesus is Lord, every time that you remind your finances... That Jesus is Lord. Every time that you remind whatever you need to, you remind your body, you remind your attitude, you remind your children, whatever you need to remind, whenever you need to remind them, every time that you confess that Jesus is the son of the living God, you are reminded in your spirit what his spirit has already said, that God is for you and God is with you. And if God is for you, then nothing in heaven or on the earth below can come and- against you. And then because you do that, you have come to know and to believe what? The love that God has for us. So I'm not afraid when I'm with my daddy. Now, like when I, when I wasn't, like sometimes uh, when I would go out in the woods early, And I was with my daddy, and then I wasn't with my daddy. Like when he was like, you stay right here. Because apparently I was hard to hunt with. (laughs) I know, right? I was being quiet. I can't help. God put sticks in the woods, okay? (laughs) You stay right here, because I really want to try to go kill some squirrels before we go back home with nothing. Okay, so you stay here. And then he left, and I was scared. And so, I killed, like blew to pieces, an albino mink. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. (laughs) You do things that you're not supposed to do when you think that your father is not with you. Come on, but when you know that he's watching, and you know that he's there, then you don't react in fear. Oh, I want to preach it, but I'll get stuck on it. You just stay the course. You just do what God told you to do. I would have such a cool mount today if I just would have known like he was coming back. He was coming back. I didn't have to unload my gun from two feet away upon an animal that wasn't moving. (laughs) Some of y'all are freaking out. Come on, you're reacting to everything. Your emotions are leading your faith. Instead of your faith leading your emotions, Because you confess and rehearse everything that's happening within you and around you, and you need to stop confessing the temporary and start declaring the divine, (laughs) confessing the eternal, that Jesus, come on, he's still in control. He's still on the throne. He already told me the end from the beginning, and all I got to do is trust him with the in-between. Jesus is the son of the living God. And I have come to know and believe that the love that God has for us, why? Because God is love. No, no, no. That's not a feeling. That's 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. It's an action. Go read the definition of love. It has nothing to do with an emotion, despite what Hollywood and or some author may tell you in a book you probably shouldn't be reading anyways. Has nothing to do with the way that you feel. Love is patient. Oh, dang, I didn't love last week. (laughs) Love is kind, even on social media, when they can't get to you. Man, people are so loud and so firm behind a computer screen or a telephone. All of a sudden, they get in person and be like, hey, I saw what you wrote. What'd you say? They're like, I didn't say nothing. I mean, I was just talking about, you know. I, I wasn't even referencing you. I was just kind of trying to, trying to refer, like, prove a point. I Googled it. I don't know what I was even saying. I just copied and pasted that. <laughs> God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. That's good news because the carnal mind cannot understand the things of God unless the Spirit of God revealed them to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, back to the New Living Translation, it was to us, To whom? To the followers of, to those who confess Jesus as Lord, to the followers of Jesus. It was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So I wanted to remind the church this morning any follower of Jesus, My heavenly Father is not hiding from us. Like he's not waiting to jump out and scare you with the next dumb policy that somebody comes up with. Come on, he's not waiting to reveal himself or or hiding something from us until some political leader says the right thing or is positioned appropriately. My heavenly Father is not hiding he just doesn't reveal the way that most people want him to never confuse God not answering what you wanted with him not speaking to you never confuse God not doing what you wanted him to do when you wanted him to do it with him not listening to you see God may not be giving you what you want when you want it because he knows that if you have that you'll stop following him Because he hadn't heard from you in three years, but now that things are the way that they are, you've been calling upon him. And he would allow things to continue that way if you'll just keep calling on him. Because God is more interested in in your soul and your spirit than he is your emotions and your desires. So don't ever confuse, well, God's not hearing me. No, God's not answering what you want because he can't give you what you want and what he has. He's mm, come on, he's helping you get out of your flesh because your flesh cannot understand the things that he has for you until he allow until he aligns or you align your spirit with his spirit, then he can reveal the things that you think he's hiding. He's not hiding. He's just not doing what you want. Well, you're so mean. I'm not mean. I'm your daddy. Well, I'm mad at you. I don't give a rip if you're mad at me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my bed and go to sleep. You're going to be mad. That's your problem. I haven't done anything but be your daddy. Come on. Look, I think God's right, trying to say the same thing to us. I, I have seen too many coincidences to doubt God's existence. I've seen too many. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, now 10 years ago, I had more questions than I have today. 15 years ago, I had more questions than that. 20 years ago, I had more questions than that. But today, as I look back over the last couple of decades and just looking at my life and having followed Jesus for this time now, I look around and I have seen way too many things just work out. What what am I giving the universe credit for working things out? No, I know that there's a God in heaven who works all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And it might not always work out the way that I wanted it to work out, but it always, come on, it always works out the way that he wants it to work out. I have seen too many things. I saw a junior high student playing football and he had an injury that caused his arm to go limp and numb and become immobile for multiple years. As a young, dumb youth pastor, I felt like God was laying it upon my heart to send that boy's mama a text message that God, if you send a mama a text, you better have heard from God. And I was praying, God, please let this be. I sent that text message his mama kept that text message. I said, God's not going to heal him the way that you want. God's going to heal him the way that he wants. And it's going to take a little time, but he's going to heal his arm, and it's going to happen in a moment when you least expect it. Fast forward a few years later, we had left. We'd been gone several years. An evangelist comes and lays hands on that boy, which is, by the way, while we still, according to the Bible, we still believe in anointing with oil, laying on hands, and that the prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous working, or availeth very much, which is why we do it every Sunday and we give people the opportunity to respond every week because God still heals and God still delivers, come on, and God still reveals himself for people in times like that when they need him the most. The evangelist laid hands on that boy. The feeling came back in his arm. Megan and I went back to that church just this past year. I walked into the worship center. That dead, immobile, numb, hurt arm is being. And used on the right side of the keyboard to lead worship for the entire church I've seen him do I've seen him do too many our worship pastor was supposed to go blind in one eye this morning she's reading lyrics on a cell phone this big because her pastors laid hands on her rebuked the blindness in the name of Jesus and God came in and touched her body and ministered to her heart I've seen two different men that should not be in this church this day get up and walk away from from motorcycle wrecks that should have taken them out. I have seen God use scenarios that should have caused people to never trust him again. And God used that thing to bring them back into the house of God. I've seen him use children. I've seen him use teenagers. I've seen him use parents. I've seen him use grandparents. I've seen him use babies. I've seen him use friends. I've seen him use a spouse. I've seen him use anything and everything that he wants to use in order to get one more person's attention. Thank <laughs> you. I have seen people who the doctor declared dead within months facing stage 4 cancer come back and lead small groups as a part of this church. I've seen a guy with a broken neck play basketball the next year and lead his team to a championship and be declared an all-American. I have seen my children's pastor's husband go to have 10 different surgeries and be sent back home every single time until the last when he didn't limp in, he didn't use a crutch on the way, he walked into the doctor's office and everybody in the office said, how are you walking? Aren't you here for surgery? He said, I am here for surgery. And the nurse said, I don't think you're having surgery. The doctor comes in and confirms that the tendon, tendons don't just grow back together. God took that tendon and he put it back connected to that heel and the skin is grafting itself back together because my God is the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be forever. My niece is supposed to have multiple complications, but she is perfectly healthy. My daughter turned blue on the table in a doctor's office, went to the emergency room, and walked out two hours later perfectly fine. The doctor changed her diagnosis because of the way that my daughter walked out of the emergency room, but my doctor doesn't know the prayers of my wife. And when my wife called upon heaven, the plans of the enemy and the schemes of the enemy were canceled in that moment. Karis was supposed to die in a house fire at three years old, but the Holy Ghost woke her mama up at 3 a.m. 3 and said, go get your baby. I had spinal meningitis when I was five, and I had a heart cath when I was 15. But I'm here to wreak havoc on hell for as long as God continues to give me an assignment. My God is busy than any scheme or plan of the devil and or anybody's agenda on earth our student ministry and connections pastor Weston Weaver was told by the doctors that he needed a specific procedure and he may never walk again but his granddaddy who led a four-square gospel church laid hands on that boy and said my grandson's not just gonna walk again he's gonna run in the name of Jesus and I have seen the man run he's always most as fast as me. Come on, somebody. If he's done it before, he can do y'all into tomorrow. (laughs) My heavenly father is not hiding. He's not hiding. He is revealing. The question is, are we recognizing? Number two, we have to recognize what God reveals. It's not enough that he just reveals it. We have to recognize it. And when we recognize it and we receive it, then we need to declare it. We need to confess it. We need to share it. Come on. And we need to show it. I am by nature. Let me come down off of Zion for a moment. (laughs) I am by nature a cynic. Like when everything is going well to most people, I can find the things that are not going so well. It's a gift. <laughs> and I if I'm not careful, that's why that's why that we decided through God that we we just determined that we were going to in our family values and our values as a church, we were gonna celebrate big. We were gonna celebrate big on purpose. Because if you don't if you don't intentionally celebrate big, then you will accidentally complain about everything. Okay, so we just decided we're going to celebrate big, um, and it's my tendency unintentionally. I have a tendency to only see the God, the things that God is not doing. I, I have a tendency to only question and blame God for the times that He didn't heal, or the the times that He didn't move, or. Or, or the people that are not listening and falling asleep right now. It's just my nature. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a tendency to focus on what, what's not being given instead of what. I have a, a tendency to focus on the people that aren't living for Jesus instead of the people who are surrendered to Him and following Him with all of their hearts. Jesus told His disciples, His disciples came running to Him, and He told His disciples, He said, I know his disciples come and they're like, did you know that we can command the demons? I mean, and they're like chest bumping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come on, I cast out a devil today. No, if y'all were there, y'all saw that? I was like, boom, in Jesus' name. Dude, was like, I'm okay. I mean, they're excited. They're... they're Because Jesus said, if you believe and are baptized, come on, then you'll speak in new tongues. You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. You'll cast out devils and have dominion over powers and principalities of darkness. And the disciples are shocked that they're doing what Jesus said they would do. And we do the same thing. And Jesus says, okay, I love this. He's not like, yes, good, good job. Wow, that's amazing. Because Jesus ain't a mama. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Jesus says, don't be impressed. Don't be surprised and impressed that you have authority over the demons. Don't be surprised and impressed that you have authority over people and principalities that don't confess me as Lord. But he says this instead, rejoice, give God praise rejoice that your name is being declared across the heavens because what i'm going to do for all eternity is way bigger than anything that happens to you while you are still here on earth the last time i checked eternity is a lot longer than earth 1st corinthians 14:20 new living translation dear brothers and sisters don't be childish but I thought you just said the kingdom of God was like unto a child. Yeah, okay, hang on, smart butt. <laughs> Do not be childish in your understanding of the things that are happening in this world. But instead, be as innocent as babies. See, in other words, Paul is saying, if it's not good for your children, then it's not good for a child of God. Don't don't be childish in your understanding, but be as innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature. Help me, Lord. In understanding matters of this kind. We give uh, some parents and grandparents or maybe just some spiritual parents some things to pray, that I pray constantly over our children. Lord, protect their purity. How can a young person be pure? By obeying the word of God. It's very clear. Lord, protect their purity and guard their innocence. And then I ask this, and God, give me the wisdom to train them to live for you Even amongst all of this evil around them. Protect their purity. So what I'm praying is God, expose the enemy in every area of their lives. When they're doing something that they're not supposed to be, tell me or their mama. Have a teacher come tell us which happened, they weren't even doing something, something was happening around them that wasn't supposed to happen around them. The teacher came and told Megan. Why, because she was being a good teacher? Yes, no, because she was being obedient to the voice of God that we prayed for her to listen to. And now that was exposed and revealed. And so instead of continuing to be exposed to those things, we did something different for that child. In other words, if your child's worldview is being urged and and, and being convinced by social media right now, it may be a good time to have a conversation with the next generation about what they listen to and who they follow, about what they click on and what they're willing to expose themselves to. Because I'm not gonna let TikTok determine my child's worldview. I'm not gonna let Instagram tell my child what they should or shouldn't believe. I'm not going to let Snapchat, come on somebody, appear and disappear and think we're getting away with it. I'm not letting Disney tell my baby girl that her body is her body and it's her body, her choice, because God told me in 1 Corinthians 6 a long time ago that your body is not your own, but you were bought with a price and you are a temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. So we're not going to justify and or facilitate things that cause difficulty dishonor to parents and dishonor to authority and then wonder why our child isn't listening and says, yeah, to us every time. Oh my God, I got to get back in my notes today. I'm not letting YouTube recommendations reveal the plan that the devil has for my babies. I want the word of God that is the same today as it was the day that it was written to guide their path, to be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto the direction that God has for them because he is the cornerstone on. I'm not letting a demon, come on, called agenda. I'm not going to let a demon called agenda try to convince my child in the direction that it wants them to go. I'm going to be careful. I'm not angry about what the world does. If anything, I am always more aggressive towards the complacency in the church than I am the evil in society. And so I say today, that right now in our nation, and I've held my tongue on social media because I don't want to be misinterpreted, but right now in our nation, we have a biological male, and hang on before you start preaching with me, or I'll get you back in 30 seconds. We have a biological male who claims that he is a woman competing against women, and people are defending it, and then people are not defending it. And people are demonizing this individual instead of just the mentality of this individual. And we got all kinds of stuff going on. And right now, there's a Senate Judiciary Committee who is interviewing a justice for the Supreme Court of the United States of America that cannot give a definition of a biological woman who cannot, hang on, hang on though, but, because, but in the same breath, in the same breath, she can be a part of a lawsuit that sues for gender discrimination. If you can't give a definition of a biological woman, then how can you be a part of a lawsuit that discriminates against gender if gender doesn't exist and there's no lawsuit to be, ha- I, don't, I don't know what all's going on. I just see that there's some things out there that are after the attention of this generation. But then I know this, In 1933, the United States of America adopted back into its constitution against the abolition of a poison called alcohol. And the church began to consume with the world instead of what Paul said, be not drunk with wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit. My God, I've done got deep now. In 1970, the United States government decided that we shouldn't be able to determine what a woman could do with a baby as long as the baby's still in her body. And so we can't define when a person is actually a human being or when a person is not a human being. But before that happened in 1970, we had the people in the church being just as promiscuous as the people out of the church in the 1960s my god every time something happens out there you can be assured that it started in moderation in here and in, in in 19 in the 1940s at the end of the 1940s we began to legalize what was formerly illegal which would be a man or a woman exposing themselves in a magazine and it moved from a magazine to a movie and from a movie to every screen in America and now today there's a multi-billion dollar a multi billion dollar corporation that Paul addressed in the book of Corinthians. And so you see these things multiply through the years so that in the early 2000s, and I'm not mad at anybody, but Jesus said, God created them male and female and the man shall leave his mama and be joined to his wife. And God has not changed. God said it in Genesis. Jesus said it again in the gospels. If it's in Genesis and the gospels, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just telling you that my worldview isn't based upon TikTok and or anybody's narrative and or Gen- My worldview doesn't change just because people begin to change their mind about what they're willing to accept and ultimately even approve. So in the early 2000s, we began to say it's discrimination to not allow a man to marry another man or a woman to marry another woman. And so now we fast forward to 2022 and we have people that can't even define what gender is anymore. Do you see this slippery slope? I look at this poor guy this biological male who refers to himself as Leah, and he claims to be a woman. And I'm looking, I'm going, everything else in his life says that he's a man. Biological male, just by definition. By the way, there are actually some, and I didn't say this in first service, but there are actually some people who have legitimate issues, intersex individuals. They're not a mistake made by the hand of God. They have a purpose for this generation. They have multiple organs or they have multiple hormones or they, they have legitimate issues. And by the way, race and injustice, that was, that's a real thing as well. And those things should be handled. And I would be offended if I was a part of, if I was a woman right now, I would be taking a stand. I would be offended that this biological male is trying to beat up again. I'm telling you, hear me, okay? My daughters and my son are not the same. Not the same. Like if my son is by the federal government drawn into a draft and, and they come to get him because he's over 18 years old or between the age of 18 and 30 or whatever, and they come to get him, I'm on that boy's gonna be covered in a bottle of oil walking out of the, He's gonna look so funny by the time he gets to the thing. I'm gonna cover him, I'm gonna lay hands on him and I'm gonna let him go. But if the federal government tries to draft my daughters, it'll be over my cold, dead body before they put my baby on the front line. I'm telling you right now, because there's a difference. There's a difference. And this young young biological male is confused, and he claims that he's a woman, but everything else in his life says otherwise. Hang on. Because since the early 1900s, the church people like me and people like you have been claiming that we are followers of we have been claiming that we believe in an almighty God who sent his son and whose spirit abides with us. We have been claiming that we are born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we believe in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ, but we get drunk just like they get drunk, and we party just like they party, and we are immoral outside of marriage just like they are immoral, and we're as addicted as they are addicted, and we claim that we follow Jesus, but everything else about our lives says otherwise or oh, we're going to go somewhere today. And I'm telling you this morning that Jesus is not coming back for a complacent, Laodicean, lazy, compartmentalized church that blends in to a culture until the culture goes so far in sin that they're willing to go that far. far. We cannot look at the world and be mad at them because they're sinning differently than we are sinning. We have to look at the world and remember that we are called to win them. And the way that we change the narrative and the agenda is one soul at a time. So when the church wakes up and begins to remember who God called them to be, we claim uh, that Jesus. Jesus is our king and we live as if Jesus is is our king. Then we show what we say and we have the influence that God created us to have. Jesus is not coming back for a sleepy church. He's coming back for a bride who has oil in her lamp, who's not spending all of her oil effort, energy, emotion, finances, on everything else in the world. Come on, coming to church once a month and calling it faithful. Tipping God a percent of everything that he gives and calling it obedience. My Lord. Being faithful on Sunday morning and like everybody else by Sunday afternoon, going to the restaurant, wearing a serve day shirt, and the waitress walks up, doesn't go to New Hope, sees New Hope on the T-shirt, and realizes that these people from that church treat me just like the people that don't go to church. Why would I wanna go be a part of something over here that I don't even have to hold a standard for and I can be a part of over here? If we wanna win the world, then we have to live according to what we claim we believe. Jesus said, who do you say I am? I know what's going on around you. I know what's happening out there. Guys, you're not reminding God of anything. These people were under Roman tyranny, way worse than where we are at this point. I think we're heading there quickly, but way worse than where we are today. And Jesus asked them the question, who do other people say that I am? Oh boy, they just, so I'll tell you who they say. I'll tell you what they said that you are there. They said you weren't even God. They said, They said you don't deserve to be in the schools. That's what they said. Can you believe that they said that? They took the commandments out of the courtrooms and they said that you, you, we shouldn't even say the name of Jesus to, to young people anymore. That's what they said. I'll tell you what they said. And Jesus goes, okay, that's awesome. But, but who do you say? And when the church starts asking again, who do I say? Who is he to me? Despite what they're doing, who is he to me? Then Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. I say this, when we declare who he is, he defines who we are. So every time that you begin to doubt, declare. Because when we declare who he is, he defines who we are. Watch this, verse 17, Jesus replies, "Ah, you're blessed, you're blessed. I know I've gone over my time. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Had a friend from college and childhood even, text me at one thirty last night. And I won't tell you everything he said. It just it just blessed me. It scared me because I woke up at like 2.30. I looked at my phone and I saw his name. I thought something had happened. I opened it up and it was just man, every time that I hear this, I think of you. And I'm so proud of you. God's hand upon your life. And uh so I was like, oh, thank God. You could have texted me that when I was awake. Was... And I look back at my life and everything that I did up to 21 years old and everything that God's done since about 24 years old. And I just, I hear Jesus saying, you're blessed. You are blessed. It's not that some bad things didn't happen. Hadn't cried a few times over prayers that God hadn't answered the way I was asking them, but he he says, you are blessed. Look, Simon, son of John, why? Why does he say it? Oh, I wanted to preach it real loud, but we've, we've already been there so many times. I think you just need to hear the sobriety of this statement. He says, you're blessed, not because you're Simon Peter, not because he's gonna build the church upon a person. Churches that are built upon a person crumble, When the person goes away, here's how you know if you built a church, you leave and it outgrows you. Jesus, hashtag, exploded as soon as he left. He's not saying I'm gonna build the church through Simon Peter. He condemned him a couple of statements later. Because and Peter was like, yeah, I got it right a minute ago. Watch this. I'm going to do it again. I got him. And he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. So if he set him up to lead the church here, he condemned him to hell like a few statements later. Which one's he doing? No, he says, and some scholars think that it's because of the confession. Let's keep reading. Because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, you did not learn this thing from human, any human being. And Jesus says, continues, now I say to you that you are Peter, Petros, It's like it's it's a stone, maybe even like a small rock, okay? You are Petros, which means rock. And upon this rock, they were standing at the edge of a cliff to Caesarea Philippi. That's That's where the Bible told us they were. Looking down upon a place where people would cast children into a hole and make sacrifice to a dead God, true story. And Jesus says, upon this rock, it's a different word. Go look at the original language. It's a different word than Simon Peter is being referred to here. The rock that Jesus is talking about is an immovable stone. It's not just a, it's not just a rock, it's not just a boulder. It's an immovable ledge. It's like a mountain. He says, upon this rock, some scholars, now some people think, well, Jesus, he was just talking to Peter and only Peter can hand down the apostolic leadership from Jesus because Jesus gave it to him. Hang on, some people then think, and this is where I've stood for a long time. I still think it applies. Some people think that it was Peter's confession that Jesus said, I'm gonna build the rock upon this confession. I believe after reading this passage and having preached on this passage multiple times that the rock that Jesus was referencing was the revelation of God. It had nothing to do with Peter or even his confession, because Jesus said, you are blessed because my father has revealed. He didn't say you're blessed because you said. He didn't say you're blessed because you are. He said you are blessed because my daddy is not hiding things from you anymore. He is revealing those things, and you are confessing what he is revealing, and when we declare who he is, he defines who we are. So he continues, I will build my church. Go back to that verse: I will build my church, and the powers of hell, insanity, confusion, misdirection, agenda, narratives, propaganda, social media, mainstream media, state governments, national governments, federal governments, and/or one world government. My God, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church as long as the church is alive still has a chance while we are here on earth i will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it verse 19 and i'm praying and i will give you who's got the keys i need to open the door jesus said i will give you the church who is awake and alert and watching and praying, who has a lamp full of oil. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid in your house, my God, whatever you forbid in your life, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Mm, Is this a threat or a promise? But whatever you permit, Whatever you permit within you, you will see all around you build your church.